Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to First Trade, the show where we're educating new investors and traders. We recognize that some of us are experienced traders. And some of us aren't. That's why we wanted to level the playing field and make the markets accessible to everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to First Trade. We are back. It's Michael and Rohan, host of the First Trade show. Rohan, up, how's up, it going? Up. How are we doing? It is going so well, Michael. So well. It is a Friday again. Did we record this on a Friday last time? I don't remember. I don't remember anymore. It's been a while. I'm going to say yes, maybe. I don't know. But we're back again from last week. To those of you guys joining for episode number dos, numero Two. dos, thanks for joining us. Really quick, if you don't know, First Trade. What is First Trade? Um, like we said in the intro, we got a lot of new traders coming. Be not a lot of people who want to kind of watch this content, but personally, I found some of the people on our team found for beginner traders that the content out there is just not as beginner friendly. It's can be a lot sometimes some of those terms and lingo. So we really want to start from the ground up and as a community, myself included grow and you know become better traders together get to that point where we want to be and we understand this stuff but take our time getting there essentially and do it together michael here has a little bit more experience than myself by a little bit i mean a lot <laughs> <laughs> and i have negative experience last week i did make my first trade actually real quick let's just go over what happened last week yeah so, so we had jack early on last week mm -hmm. and that was great great guest great guest fantastic and you know that guy just totally knows what he's talking about and I learned a bunch. It makes me look stupid. <laughs> I'm telling that guy's so smart. I guess that's not that hard to do, huh? Wow. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, all right. Um, Moving on from that. But but you know, we talked, we broke down a lot of things. I mean, OTC stocks. We talked a little bit about that. I got frustrated because I couldn't buy OTC stocks. <laughs> I found out that we talked about price to earning ratios, how to do basic due diligence, you know, those first steps, you know, those basics of value investing. And of course. I made my first trade. Tell us about the first trade. What was it? So last week it was, oh yeah. <laughs> you really liked it when I did that. Um, <laughs> that was my favorite part of the first show. H-U-I-A. <laughs> and I might have picked that stock just because I could do that. Just kidding. I mean, it was it was a combination. of. It definitely didn't hurt. Simplicity is never a bad reason. But to do you know what does hurt? Seeing the stock and being down this week. How much? Um, not too much. My account overall is down like 12 bucks. Um, oh. But that's not just from that stock. That is, I did happen to also buy a stock later in the week. I'm not recommending anyone do this. This was a full YOLO purchase. Uh, but sometimes <laughs> I felt like I personally wanted to do a little bit of that just so I can get a little bit more experience because, you know, just jump in a little more, I guess. You know, we were on Power Hour and the PGIR boys, uh, Dip Deity and Hugh Henny were talking about how we got to buy Torchlight, TRCH. And so I put a hundred shares in and Jason put quite a few more <laughs> and it seems like it's been down about a buck since then. So we're losing a little bit, but you know what? It's nothing crazy. I'm just going to hold it out. I'm sure we might talk about this a little bit later too. I'd like to, in terms of 
how long you should hold or like what to watch out for. When do you pull out if a stock's going down or should you just hold it? I really want to like figure out more about that. But yeah, that's that's how that's going. So my account is just down a little bit. Nothing crazy. I'm not freaking out over here. And I told Jack and myself that I would hold. So that's what's going to happen. Strong man. Yeah. Stick to your guns. Big man. $12, dollars <laughs> dude. Man. That's like the price of a nice Wendy's run. That's like three cheeseburgers. Hey, man. Sometimes you need that lunch money. I always need that lunch money, dude. The way I eat. Yeah. So what, you know, what's the plan for today? Um, Michael, we might have skipped over this a little bit, but do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? I know I gave myself a little bit of a long introduction there. Yeah. But... No. Well, yeah. So obviously I, I have a little bit more experience investing. I've been doing it for about four years now. Um, just just playing around and, and experiencing a little bit more at a time, building on what I know and, and making some trades here and there. Um, this year, it's been a, a very well, I mean, it's been interesting year investing because it's been interesting for all of us. But um, I'm, I'm most famous for not buying into GameStop when everybody knew it was going to go up except for me. That's pretty much my calling card. You so, changed yeah. your mind at the last minute there, though. You were hating on GameStop. Well, I listen, I still hate the idea of it, but I, I like now the fact that the little guy was able to like stand up to Wall Street. I kind of dig that. Like, I didn't like it at first, but now, I you know, it's not like it, you know, it's kind of sweet. Yeah. At first, I was Unless at first I'm Melvin Capital, but. Well, yeah, that was rough for them. <laughs> subtle, subtle, sly shot to Melvin Capital there. Yeah, but no, it's I, I've been trading for about four years. Just like I said, building my experience, doing a little bit more at a time, delving into options, delving into credit spreads and stuff like that and, and doing derivatives. So just learning a little bit more at a time and, and kind of figuring out what I'm doing. That's essentially, like you said, why we started the show. Just for people who have never made their first trade, getting some basic information, getting some basic knowledge and ideas on how to break into the market and make their first trade. Yeah. I don't even know what that sound was. Yeah. <laughs> that came out interesting. I was going to go like, I keep stopping myself. I forget that we're allowed to do this because I was going to go like, hell yeah. But then I was just like, yeah. <laughs> you just like, you just didn't commit to the hell. No, uh, it was rough. Uh, All right. So we have some questions from Twitter. So before we, you know, get into our guest, which we do have a pretty sweet guest on today, you know, important to us, important to this show. Uh, just a little foreshadowing there, but we'll have him on in a short minute. We have some Twitter questions. So, Michael, are you ready to answer these? Questions? Let's do it. Let's go through some questions. All Let's right. Talk to All Twitter. Right. First question from Tony Escaped and Brett Sullivan. How to decide on a conservative price target to secure profits, but also give leeway to more gains and losses and when to sell? Immediately off the line from this question, I'm like, the lingo bell is going off. <laughs> <laughs> so, first off, price target if you really think about it it's not that complicated i think i have it figured out so let me give a guess break away man yeah is it like what either you what price you want a stock to hit or what you expect it to hit good question okay so price targets you're going to hear most often when you hear analyst recommendations which would be um like hc wainwright which is a which is an analyst firm they might give a price target for let's pull a random stock let's say tesla they might have a well these days tesla is ridiculous but they might have a price target on tesla of like $2,000, for example, let's say. So that would mean that HC Wainwright is expecting Tesla at some point in the future, whether it's a quarter, a year, six months, whatever, they have a price target of $2,000. So a lot of times price targets can swing a stock's price significantly up or down, depending on what analysts do. It all depends on, you know, a bigger analyst is obviously going to carry more clout, and they're going to swing a stock one way or the other. So, you know, a big reputable analyst comes out and says that Apple might have a price target of like $40. Obviously, that wouldn't happen. But because Apple is so much higher than that, if a significant guy that carries a lot of weight comes out and says, we're now setting a price target of one half of whatever you're worth, that might have a dramatic impact. And a lot of investors might say, well, there's got to be a reason for this. There's a price target now of something a lot lower. 
this might be going down. They might flood out of the stock. So price target would be what you expect or what you're guessing a stock is going to move to. Got it. Okay. So from my understanding, now that makes a lot of sense. So it's it's something that's set by like analysts um, because the way I had heard it used, and I, it's not that far off, but I've heard in conversation people be like, oh, my price target for this is. Yeah. So you could have a personal guess about where a stock may be going. And that would be, you know, let's say you get into HUIA or Huya and you're in Huya and you have a price target of, let's say, $40. That means that you are expecting or you are hoping the stock is going to move to $40 from you buying it at, what, $22, $23, something like that? Almost 30, I think. Maybe 30. Almost 30. So I was not even close. But you're expecting that stock to move to $40. That's your price target. And when that stock gets to $40, you might be moving out of that stock or selling your stock. Okay. Cool. All right. So back to the question, how to decide on a conservative price target to secure profits, but also give leeway to more gains or losses. Basically, when to sell. It's a good question. Yeah. And I'll focus on the second half of it, when to sell, because I think that most concisely kind of sums up. Mm -hmm. So here's a strategy that a lot of people use and I think is actually pretty intelligent and a great way to, to run your stocks. If you have a price target of, let's stick with the Huyu example. So you buy it at close to 30, you have a price target of 40. The stock goes up to 40, 41, 42, 43, whatever it is. Great. You're making money. You've hit your price target. A lot of people will sell half their stock if they still see room for the stock to keep moving. So let's say you hit 40 and then it's still running and you think it might go up to 50 or it might go up higher than that. Sell half your stock, keep the other half of your stock and see where the stock goes from there. You've locked in some gains. You've made some money. You've secured some profit. Exactly. You've made a profit. You've made a first trade that now has made you money, but you're keeping the rest of the stock to see what happens. Maybe it moves up to 50. It kind of covers your risk a little bit there. Exactly. Too. You hedge your risk a little bit. You hedge your bets. And now you have kind of a win either way. That's interesting. And I've heard some people refer to that also as trimming. Trimming. Trimming the hedge. Trimming the bush. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard Jason say it a couple of times. I well, like yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's Jason. Yeah. Okay. I, I have never heard trimming before. That might be a thing. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Maybe All it's right. a Jason thing. Either way. Yeah. You can it trim your sense. position. It makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. Like like trimming off some of your position. Exactly. All right. Cool. That was unnecessary. But <laughs> how to develop patience with the market? Now, this is actually, there's a good question in the sense that we were just talking about this, right? Like I, I told myself I would hold for a year. So I have that commitment. But when you're looking at something, when you're seeing it falling, like how do you develop patience? Yeah, so this comes back to the meditation thing. Medita How did I know you're going to say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that would not be my recommendation for making money in the market is meditation. But um, no, what I what I would say is that it literally just comes down to like a, a game of practice and just like forcing yourself to literally have the patience. It's like training yourself to be patient enough to not pull the trigger before you know it's time. And if you brought into a stock for a year, and again, this is why it's so important too when you're starting off and you're building the patience and you're building the self-control to not move out of the stock before it's time, you start off with that small amount of money. So let's say the stock does keep going down and you're looking at a a 10% loss or a 20% loss or whatever it is, you've told yourself, I'm not going to sell out of the stock. I'm building my patience. I'm building my self-control. And that way, if the stock does, does go down, you're not freaking out and you're not panicking because it's a small amount of money. You're just starting off using a small amount of money. You're testing yourself. And that's how you build that patience and self-control. You literally force yourself to say, I am bought into this. I trust my position. I need to see what happens and I need to understand the story. You buy into it and you hold it and you just force yourself to stay there. That makes a lot of sense. Me personally, like how I was planning on doing that was just like forcing myself to not look for certain intervals. Like try not to check it every day, pretty much. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Set it and forget it, you know, like put yeah. it in, trust that it's going to go somewhere. And obviously like you want to have some kind of um, some kind of cognizance in case like, I don't know, the, the company goes bankrupt and like all the shares are, are going way down or something like that. Like, obviously, you got to have like a doomsday scenario in place. But for the most part, 
set it and forget it. And like I said, you just you you train yourself to have the patience not to jump out of it before it's time. Yeah. And as you get better at it, you can be a little bit less emotional when you're looking at it more frequently or whatever. Ideally, yeah. Sometimes I still get emotional. <laughs> yeah, it happens. You know, turn on that music, cry <laughs> yourself to sleep a little bit. That's okay. That was me on Wednesday night. Yeah. What made you do that? Just life. You know? Well, this isn't a therapy show. This is a stock show, folks. So on to the next question. We're going to avoid that. <laughs> All right. Next question and the last question here. Coming in hot. Did I already say that? I had that song stuck in my head. You know that. I'm coming in hot. You know, I don't know if you know that song, but. I feel like I. Yeah. No, let's just come in hot for a second time. At Do it. SCB4567, what is your stock selection criteria? Do you have a scan? I actually just learned this last week. Luke gave me a tip when I was looking for stocks with uh, a certain PE ratio. And he's like, hop on Finviz. And Finviz is not the only scanner. BZ Pro has one too. It's a good one though. Finviz um, is good. BZ Pro is good. Yeah. So basically, do you want to explain what a scanner is? Yeah, we can go through a scanner. So a scanner basically is just another tool for helping you to analyze a stock and evaluate you know, what the, what the fundamentals of it are, whether you think it's going up and down. So a scanner will look for a specific part of the stock. Let's say P ratio, for example, when you were trying to determine the price to earnings on the stock that you were looking at, a scanner will go through and it will determine what the stock's P-E ratio is, give you a readout of that compared to other stocks in the space. And just essentially, it's like another tool taken in concordance with any other kind of research. And it's just something to help you evaluate what the stock looks like in that particular section. And I, th and I think more, like more so even than that, from my understanding, is it helps you find good stock picks in the sense that you can compare it to, you can even have your criteria set and find a list of stocks that you might want to take a closer look at right yeah it's like a tool it'll, it'll give or you like compare a compare a couple stocks yeah or whatever. you give it's the like scan a filter basically right you give the scanner like your ideal here's what i want and it goes out and it finds stocks that fit inside those parameters for you so you might be looking for a low pe ratio low stock price so instead of finding stocks that are like 300 or 400 a share you want stocks that are like 20 to 30 dollars a share so it'll the scanner will go and it'll find stocks for you that are between 20 and 30 dollars a share it's just giving it you know it's like have you ever made like a like a tinder profile <laughs> and you like you set like what you're looking yes. for you set your parameters it's uh, like a tinder. I, I don't know if i've ever set parameters but i, I had a, a tinder a couple of years ago so <laughs> oh yeah i was looking for over 50 over 50 <laughs> I did not see that one coming. <laughs> I like the direction that took. Nice. Uh, um, I want to keep that in, but we probably anyway. shouldn't. Anyway. <laughs> I think it's about that time. We had some great Twitter questions. Keep them coming. We also have a Discord now. So I, I saw Discord some people chat. joined. We're kind of building that up. Give us some patience. Uh, we are a little bit of noobs, but we're trying to make that a sick community. We're getting there. Yeah. Um. So, you know, hop in there. The link is in our description. If you want to ask questions there or have suggestions for show formatting or whatever, anything in there, this is like community that we want to build together. But without further ado, it's about that time. Let's bring on the guests. Yeah. You know, this guy is really like, if you had to say MVP of the, the editing team over here, all our editors are fantastic. But Enver just kills it, man. Enver's a beast. Enver's a great guy. Did I just give it up? Enver. <laughs> let's bring on Enver. Hey, what's up, guys? How are we what's doing? What's going on, Enver? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Up, what about you? Doing well. Doing good. Great. Busy. Yeah. If you guys don't know, which you might not, Enver here is a member of the Benzinga crew all the way over from Bosnia. Yes, and sir. He is just an absolute beast. Our recent show that we've been working on, Zinger Trivia, that's the man behind it. All our graphics, the intros for this show, it's the man behind it. So he's been working his ass off, absolutely killing it. And 
He also happens to be a little dabbler of stocks. So super excited to have him on, get his knowledge and chat the chat. Is that a thing? Chat the chat? Chat the chat? Yeah, I think it's like shoot the shit, but like, yeah. And I was trying to be a little bit nicer version of that. <laughs> this, this, is, this isn't that kind of show. Yeah, we're just going to shoot the shit with Enver. We're going we're gonna to talk about it. Enver, yeah, let's do it. Yourself. Give, us a little, give us a little intro of Enver. Yes, uh, as you already said, I'm a video editor, you know, based in Bosnia and I'm working for Benzinga. And, you know, while I was editing those videos, most of the topics were based on stocks, on trade ideas. If you spend time doing that, you kind of get into those things and you kind of get addicted to those things. So that, that's what happened to me. And, you know, I decided to like research the more like the stocks and the market, especially here in Europe, because that's where I'm based. That's my market. And, you know, I had all the informations in front of me from Benzinga and I decided to use them. And that's pretty much how it started. I made my first trades a month ago, maybe even less, and bought some airline stocks. Hopefully they will go well. I'm shooting for that long term. I'm hoping it will go well. All right, man, you got, you got ahead of us. You got ahead <laughs> of us with that one. Feel free to ask questions, you know. I want to know personally, like before we even get into the stocks, because you mentioned the stocks there, the airline stocks, and I'm excited to hear about that. I'm not currently in any airlines, but I know it's been like the talk where it was like a lot of people went into it and then they were kind of questionable, mm -hmm. but we'll, we'll get to that. I want to know about uh, video Enver, like why video editing, like how'd you get into that? And also just like a little bit more about, cause you were, you were working on Upwork, right? Yeah. So. I don't know, what's your experience, Ben? Do you like working mostly with Benzinga? Just tell us a little bit about that. My experience in video editing, I started as a kid. It was just a hobby. And, you know, from time to time, it kind of gets serious. I started to work on, on a serious projects. I decided to create an account on Upwork. I applied on a couple of jobs, got accepted. You know, I built my profile, got a great uh, reviews from other clients. And one day I decided to apply for a job at Benzinga. And I think there was like 50 plus job applications. And I was the only one who got interviewed, who got a job. You know, I enjoy doing this, especially, you know, editing the stocks because that's the thing that currently interests me. So I just enjoy it. That's awesome. awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah. So some of the audience may or may not know, but that's kind of where my field is as well. Like producing videos, editing, you know, that little note at the end there, it is awesome to be working on projects that are interesting to you that you're passionate about yeah exactly I, I would much rather you know make a video about cars or stocks or or something like that over you know a corporate video about medical devices randomly you know like not that you know those videos Random. exist and you make those videos because they need to be made but it's yeah. fun to be doing this sort of stuff you know it's fun to do your passion yeah like you want to do it is right? it is but and the plus thing is like you learn something from it you know you always like get educated every day exactly yeah exactly well yeah man let's uh let's dive into some questions then let's talk about some trading this is the first trade show i know we don't want to take up too much of your time but let's uh let's just go through some questions you have let's chat stocks let's chat first trade and, and how to get into it and go through some of your questions so okay first off, classic classic before you guys get into it classic first question we have to do it on first trade enver go into the details walk us through your first trade tell us the details what like were you confused like how knowledgeable were you did you wait what was it how did it go tell us all about it so my first trade was a it's a shell company it's a dutch fuel company you know my sister's husband told me to buy that one and i bought like two shares it's it was nothing special i just you know wanted to have some shares on my on my portfolio so 
I bought those two and you know as I'm unexperienced I had no idea what I was doing after a few days the 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 stocks went like I don't know like two or three percent down and I was like oh this is going down this is dipping and I sold them and <laughs> the worst thing is you know I lost money I lost I lost money because of the fees dude yeah uh, that's so funny that you mentioned that I so as the audience knows, I don't I don't have a lot of trading experience at all. But one thing that I did try to mess around with a couple of years back was I was like, you know what? I should play around with this crypto day trading idea, you know, like and, and maybe I'll explore that again. But that was so much so jumping off the deep end that I just I literally I bought stocks and I thought it was auto filling orders at market price. But I was paying like old prices for things, not stocks, but like crypto. And I remember just like, not only did I lose money on the trade, but then I lost money on the fees too. And that, just, yeah, exactly. I, I feel you there. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I made that mistake, nice. but I'll make sure it won't happen again. I had no experience. Now I'm now like, I had some experience. At least I'm not going to sell a, a stock after a few days. Even if it dips, I'm going to hold it. Yeah. I mean, hold to the moon, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> moon. Fantastic advice right there. Yeah. Um, and I'm the one to be giving it out. Right. <laughs> Expert. So, Enver, I know that you had prepared some questions. Did you have uh, any questions that you wanted to talk about and probably would be a little bit more directed at Michael here? Yeah, I got a, I got a question or two. I want to know when to sell a stock. You know, I, I've seen a guys like looking at, at the chart and they were like, you know, this chart is telling me this and this chart is telling me, it's telling me that based on the candles. How can you know that? How, how did, do they know? If the chart is telling them something as far as i know the chart is depending on the people if people buy the chart the chart will go up if people sell the chart the chart will go down like how do they know like if the chart is going to go down or up well, no just one, by looking at it i don't think anyone really truly knows but it's more so like people use the charts to make educated guesses right that's that's a great point yeah i, I yeah, love but, the question about charts yeah but they were they were like some patterns like yeah, if they exactly. see a pattern, then they know what that pattern is telling them. Like, how does it work? Yeah. So, uh, no, that's a great question. Charts are huge. And uh, much like much like Matthew McConaughey and, and Wolf of Wall Street, nobody really knows, like, if a stock is going to go up, down, sideways, up or down. It's a fugazi. Yeah. It's a fugazi. One of my favorite lines. Like, it's great. a fugazi. It's a fugazi. Yeah, we don't know. But but no, nobody really knows at the end of the day. But I, you're absolutely right. Like, you hit the nail on the head. Like, you're using charts and historical data to make educated guesses about the direction of a stock. So mm -hmm. when you're doing that, you're you're basically looking at the historical past of a stock itself to try and make a guess about where it's going to go based on the technical factors that have led it to this point. So I'm going to plug a, a great resource here, actually, that I love using for charts, because I'll be honest, charts are definitely one of the more technically advanced factors when you're looking at stock trading. And it can be definitely I mean, it's something I haven't mastered yet. Like it's something I'm still working on. There's a lot of information to it. But one of the things I found is really helpful when analyzing them is all star charts. Um, which JC Peretz runs, fantastic resource for looking at charts. He's got a ton of in-depth analysis and he condenses it and simplifies it to really understand where the charts are going. And when he talks about candles and stuff like that, he simplifies it to the point where you watch this a couple of times, you start to see the factors that are going into the candles and maybe bringing a stock up or down. And then it kind of preps you to look for those same kind of signals in other stocks and other things that are coming up. And it'll help you make the same decisions about other stocks that you see in a historical precedent with the stocks that you're looking at currently. So when you're looking at charts, it's about basically taking, you know, and, and I mean, there's a lot you could get into detail-wise about candles and bear flags and bull flags and looking at, you know, the direction the stock is going to take based off of numbers. But it's essentially about looking at historical precedent 
saying this is where it's going based on the revenue, based on how much money they're making. Are they a profitable company? And you're analyzing that based on the numbers on the chart. And you're looking at whether it has room to keep moving up or whether it's about to go on its way down. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And obviously, like, we can't sit here and like break down this like big lesson on you know, how to read charts and what to look for. And there's people who have certain things, I imagine just from like listening on the shows that certain indicators that they prefer to watch out for. But I think it would be a great idea, maybe a couple episodes down the line, maybe episode 10 or something like that. And if you guys want it sooner, you let us know. But I think we we ought to get an expert on here. And Deep dive into charts. Yeah. Do a little bit of chart education. But that was a great question. It's something I definitely want to know more about too. 100%. Uh, I, you know, I, I've seen people explain it, but I've never really absorbed it. But yeah, that, that was my understanding is that, you know, the market historically, you know, now granted this year, nothing's yeah, all but, that historical, I mean, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it is historical, but nothing's the same as it been, has it been past. Go look at GameStop's chart, bro. It's ridiculous. It's not yeah. even a chart. It's like an Etch-A-Sketch. So there's it's ridiculous. Like, there's outliers this year for sure. But in general, I guess there's plenty of market data. And I guess the more years we add to that, I'd imagine the more reliable the guesses you can make from those charts, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a historical precedent. And again, you look for that track record of success when you're guessing this is going to go up, this is going to go down. And I mean, like, I, I could sit here and try and like deep dive into the technicals of it. First of all, we're only in the second episode of first trade. We're not talking like 66th trade here. We're literally on the first trade. But secondly, I mean, I usually trust the analysis and the research on the charts to experts. I mean, like I said, that's why I use all-star charts. Very simple to understand information, very condensed very down to earth and, and not super into the weeds on the technicals. I'm not one of the most technical traders out there. Like I still trust, you know, and, and make a lot of my stock picks based on recommendations from experts and analysts. And when it comes to charts, it's the same way. I look for research that has been done by the experts, by the numbers guys that literally make the charts every single day. And I make judgments based off of those. So, and again, you're not always going to get it right. It's not a perfect science, but you're making educated guesses. And that's the idea. You take the research and you put that in concordance with your research about, is it a good company? Are they making money? Do they have a good management team? Take all that information together and you make your best judgment call. That makes sense to me. And yeah, that's hey, if, if you get more interested in the charts, again, this is not like a requirement by any means uh, for a beginner investor. But it's something that is good to be like at least have a general awareness of starting off. And as you get more into it, we actually have a great show over here at Benzinga all about chart reading. So make sure to go and check out Get Technical with our man Neil Hamilton. And maybe we'll get him on this show too. The man. That's a great resource for charts as well. 100%. Cool, man. Great. Any other questions? So as a beginner trader, like should I focus on the long-term investing, you know, since like it sounds like the safest way to, to profit until I get some experience and then I could like transfer to, I don't know, like day trading. For beginners, is it the best to focus on the long-term until you get like educated and things like that? That's a great question. Yeah. I, I love that too, because it, it actually points back to something that our first guest in our first show plugged to Jack Hurley said when he talked about holding your first investment for a year buying into the idea of a stock, buying into the idea of really purchasing something that you believe in long term and holding it for a year. And I think that's that's a I think he put it really well. And I think that's a great strategy when you're first getting started investing, because it's very easy to, I think, confuse yourself and, and roll from one stock to another stock to another stock, especially if you're looking at, you know, minor or insignificant or maybe significant losses from stock to stock. It's easy to jump from one to the next to the next, looking for that that green profit margin, looking for a win. When in reality, all you need to do is be patient, watch the story of the stock that you bought and believe in and see why it's moving up, why it's moving down 
what's going to happen next, getting that experience, and then moving on to the stocks after that. I think long term is the best way to start with because you get the experience of seeing why something is moving, whether it's up or down. And again, that's why it's important to start with not a, a bank breaking amount of money too, because if it goes down, you're getting the experience and you're learning, but you're not bankrupting yourself in the process. So I think long term is the best way to start because that's how you can watch the story of a stock that you bought and believe in and see what the factors are that are leading it to go up and down. And it gives you experience for the next trade and the one after that when you start to make smaller and smaller window trades. That's awesome. That's a perfect answer. Yeah, I try. I don't have I don't have many moments of greatness. I really don't. That's why that's why Enver makes me really feel good. Awesome. Yeah, no, that was a solid answer, man. Yeah, left me feeling inspired. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna hold these airlines forever. Now. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Tell us about these airlines. Um, what made you want to invest in them, and uh, what's what's your hopes for them? Just because they're low and they're they're coming back. Like when this COVID stuff is over. They gotta like how how people are going to travel. Like, you know, they gotta take that the is, airlines. That is true. Assuming like, okay, now granted, I know. I feel like I have to preface everything with like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Your disclaimer, <laughs> your Rohan disclaimer. These are Rohan's thoughts. Take them with about an entire <clears throat> can of salt. <laughs> well salted. Um, take them well salted. I like my food well salted. You should take my opinions that way too. Same here. Um, <laughs> but I'd imagine that. Well, yes, the strong ones will recover because they must, right? It, we got to have airlines. But I imagine we're going to lose a couple too. Like we're probably going to see a couple go under. I don't know though. Like will government just like keep them from going under? I mean, that's well, that's a great question. Like I think it's so interesting because I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine who also trades the other day. We like we have, you know, a weekly meeting where we get together and talk stocks for the next week. And we were talking about airlines because that's it's a super hot name right now, especially with beginner traders, because it's one of those things where you're looking at it. And you're thinking in a couple of years, are we all going to be looking back at airline stocks and saying, was this the golden time to buy because of how low they were because of the pandemic? And is it going to have a huge profit potential? A lot of people think so. So it's interesting because we were talking about the difference between business travel and travel for pleasure or like vacation travel. And we were both saying that we think business travel is going to be restricted or, or closed off for a very long time because so many people are starting to work remote now. And a lot of the workplace culture is becoming like that. And we talked about how vacation travel we think is actually going to explode. And we think there's going to be a lot of the airlines that cater to customer comfort and places that are, you know, going places for vacation, especially international travel we think are going to have a ton of potential this year because of so many people being cooped up for so many months. That makes a lot of sense. And getting think out about, there. Think about all the people who are remote working. Right. Like my bud who just got a job remote working, he invited me. Unfortunately, I'm stuck in here in Detroit in this cold weather. <laughs> but he's going over to Puerto Rico to work for a couple of months and he's just going to live Good there. Good for him. That's and, great. You know, that makes sense to me. Like all those, you know, one, people aren't driving to work. People probably moved out of cities for a little bit some of them right mm -hmm. i know some people are starting to move back new york was dead for a while right so their expenses have probably gone down a lot and for those people who held on to their jobs i know a lot of people didn't but for those who did probably have a good amount of money to be like all right it's time to go hang out at the beach and keep yeah. doing my job there you know yeah and i don't know how big that number is to actually impact but i like what you're saying about the airlines that are more targeted at you know customer focused customer yeah. focused uh destination travel and less of business travel exactly exactly yeah that's a great question though i love it i, I think airlines are a big play right now and i think there's a lot to it yeah what other what other questions do we have what else do we want to cover about stocks and what do we want to say before we let you wrap up i know we don't want to 
keep you up too late. I know it's late in Bosnia right now. Can we talk about options? Do we want to talk about options? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to mention like options and airlines. Like I know you can earn like a lot of money with options. So as soon as the airlines start going up, is that the perfect time like to to go with options? Well, um, so that's that's an interesting question. In this particular scenario, I don't know that I would be options trading's airlines, to be totally mm -hmm. honest with you. The reason being, I would rather just buy and hold because I think there's so many airline stocks that are so far below their their peaks before COVID. I think there's so much room to run right there. I think it's actually more profitable to buy something and hold it and sit on it and just let it take the ride up. Options trading, I think, has a much bigger play when you're hedging your bets and making a trade you're not entirely sure about. And the reason for that is that you can protect your guess or you can protect your investment with calls and, and uh, puts, which we'll discuss, obviously, more as we get into the show. Yeah. But I like options a lot more when you're not sure about a trade you're making and you're trying to hedge your risk or you're trying mm -hmm. to keep yourself in a margin of safety. So when it comes to something like airlines, where I think we've established a floor, we've established this base where they've all fallen to, and they're much lower than they were pre-COVID, I actually think it's it's a better bet. And, and my preference would be to invest in it, just put money into it and hold it and let it take the ride up over the next couple of years. Options, I think, are more suited for something that you don't see the long-term potential for, Yeah, would be my yeah. recommendation. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just to, I was going to pull the card out and be like, all right, time for the devil's advocate to come out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think for episode two, that's going to fly over some people's heads. And I know I'm interested in options. I can't um, wait to do the option but show. Like my, my, yeah, my first thought when you said that is just like, why? <laughs> like what, why? You're but, trying to screw with me. Yeah. I know. But not, not to say you're wrong, but more so I don't, when you say like options, like you kind of explain how you're hedging your risk and stuff. But I think there's a lot to do with options and we will definitely get into it. Oh yeah. And, and I, I have a lot of questions that I'm going to keep in my head for a little bit later, but yeah, if you guys want to know about options again, got to drop it down below. We'll make it happen because I want to learn too, but that's definitely a little bit more of a later down the line step. I think. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, I think that was, that was a great intro question. And that's, that's awesome too, to think about options when it comes to something that you think has so much potential like the airline stocks right now. It's a great question. And yeah, I, I love it. Nice. Nice. Great. All, All right. right. Enver, any any last questions here? That's it so far. Hopefully I'll come again soon. We'll yeah, we'll have a round two absolutely. with Enver. Yeah. Uh you're kind of stuck with us for a little bit at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Unless you, unless you decide you don't like our show. So I love it. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely have an Enver segment again. Um if you guys liked Enver, I mean you gotta take a second, hit that like button. It takes half a second you give know, enver some love barely man. any of your time insist. give enver your some of your love he works so hard he works hard for this show he works hard for a lot of our other shows so if you guys appreciate the content that we're creating you got to show support to this man and uh drop a like real quick leave a comment for him hell yeah like like my guy all right man get to sleep i know it's late thanks so much for coming on thanks enver. thank you guys bye take care man take care Peace. okay that was great I loved having Enver on. Awesome job, Enver. I've, you know, like I've, I've spoken with them, you know, a couple of times before, but it's always nice to just get into a conversation. Usually we're in work vibes, you know, um, so it's fun to just like sit down and talk. Chill. And uh, it's cool to see that, like, of course, he's into stocks. I feel like it's hard not to be if you work here, you know. Oh, yeah. Like I said, after working here for four months, I was like, oh, well, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel left out. I love those conversations where like when when I first like wasn't getting into investing that much and like everyone in the office talks about it. and They're like, hey, you'd like agree with this stock, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. Yeah, you're right about Stocks. that one. That one's yeah. going to the moon. Yeah, I don't know. To the moon. Huh? <laughs> and I'm just like, 
yeah, look at that ratio. Look at that curve in the chart. That's a nice looking curve. That's a great indicator right there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I was just guessing, man. Yeah, oh, man. but no, it's it's fun. I like I like the fact that like people working here, like Enver probably wouldn't have had any interest in stocks, like like he said, unless he started working here. And then you pick up the interest in it, you literally learn it by doing the job, which I think is awesome. It's okay, sweet. so so speaking of speaking of just like talking about stocks and like what's going on in the office, what normally occurs, I wanted to take a second. You know what what have you been interested in? Have you invested in anything recently? What are what's on your watch list? Let's hear a little bit about it. Yeah, so I not a ton has been on my watch list. I, I'm still like a little bit hesitant about a lot of the stocks in the market, which is why I'm literally trading like a first time trader right now. I'm doing very small amounts, just like playing around with it because I don't trust a lot. And I'm, I'm getting into alternative stuff like trading in a lot of different like options trading, which obviously we'll get into later. But as for right now, just investing in straight stocks and doing the first trade kind of stuff, I've liked oil stocks a lot the last couple of weeks. And the reason being is obviously with the whole like Texas fiasco going on, which is obviously super top of the news. Yeah, I wanted to touch on the news thing too. So yeah, exactly. Going over like current it. events and stuff, which I like. I, I think this part of the show is awesome for just covering what's going on, what we're interested in, what, how we think it has an impact stocks wise. And obviously, I mean, in addition to like all the great memes right now that are about like how we're using oil to to clean off the wind turbines that are supposed to be doing clean energy, which are fantastic. Just news-wise, it's interesting because all those supply lines being cut off in Texas are going to have a huge impact on oil stocks. Because, I mean, number one, your, your supply is, is so... is, is good. There's going to be such a pent-up um, demand for the oil, and, and we have no ability to get it out right now because those supply lines are stricken, and we have no way to get the oil out. And also, in, in addition, with the clean wind initiative and everything that Texas has been doing, and a lot of other states being impacted by the freezes, so their clean energy doesn't have a method of functioning right now, I think the demand for oil is going to spike. We've already seen that a little bit in a lot of the oil indexes and a lot of the oil stocks. But I've had my eye on a couple. Parsley Energy is one name I like. Um, they've got really good numbers uh, revenue-wise. They've had really good money growth over the last year and a half. And a lot of people say there, there might be a buyout rumor, which buyouts for companies are typically a very good thing. It means they have a good thing going and a larger company wants to acquire them. So it's a great sign of confidence for the smaller company. So Parsley's a name I like and just oil stocks in general. I've just been kind of perusing and seeing what's out there and seeing which which stocks the analysts are saying might have a chance to bump. So current news, I mean, obviously, the energy thing is, is a huge yeah, part man. of the news right that's, now. I mean, that's it's freaking just a quick note as I was talking to someone and I was like, isn't it just insane that we are just not phased at all, you know? The southern half of this country is frozen. It's literally colder in Texas than it is in Michigan. <laughs> Which is crazy. That never happens, I feel like. I don't remember that ever happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the past 30 years, it hasn't. I mean, they've gotten snow a little bit, like in the last two years or something. But it's like the freaking apocalypse over there. But we're over here just like, yeah, because like all the crazy shit that's gone on in the last year. It's like an average day. I mean, dude, I was like punching out of my driveway in my truck and like 12 inches of snow on Wednesday. I'm like, this is like an average winter, man. Yeah, Look at I mean, this every year. I mean, especially for us, like we do get heavy snow, but yeah. I mean, just it's crazy how news is just like unfazing people now. You know, we're all so dull to it. Um, it's conditioned numb to it. Yeah. But speaking of that, I like that you mentioned that oil stuff. It's interesting because, hey, I mean, it sounds like what from what you were saying, supply is probably going to be a little bit limited and demand is going up. So that's a big price jump for oil right there right pretty yeah much. it's it's got a really good indication of it and so one of the things you have to think about when it comes to oil which this is a great piece of news for anyone that likes oil or just again beginner investors in general is um opec and opec is the organization okay. of petroleum exporting countries yeah no it's it's interesting because there, there's a couple things to keep in mind which is one yes limited supply which we have right now because of the clean wind getting shut down because the turbines being frozen and not to mention just with with such cold temperatures everybody needs you know oil to run 
you need gas to get to the store, you need oil for, you know, heat and stuff like that. There's so there's bigger demand for that with such unseasonal cold temperatures. But you also got to think about OPEC too, which is the organization of petroleum exporting countries. And that really sets the tone for how much oil is going to be released into the market, which is good to know for anyone experienced trader, non experienced trader, whatever, but they've set their goal to continue exporting 500,000 barrels a month up until April. So they're they're trying to keep supply regulated. And the least normal. How does that compare to what it is before? Um, it's slightly raised um, because obviously they saw the the issue coming in the market. And, and what the what OPEC looks to do is try and keep these massive price swings from going too high on either side. So they're looking to keep supply flowing um, and, and make sure there's no massive shortages because with massive shortages comes huge spikes in price. So with oil stocks having this huge demand all of a sudden, they might have a huge spike in price, which that could then lead to a lot of smaller investors getting hit when the stock inevitably comes back down to normal prices. So they're set to keep oil production steady and try and keep things normal as much as possible. But yeah, short term, I mean, even so, with the lack of supply, even as supply is going to be regulated, there's still a lack of oil in the market and there's still going to be a demand for it with the cold temperatures. So it's a catalyst for oil short term. And I think there's a lot of room for it in a lot of different names. Cool, man. In other recent news, we had uh, Mars Rover land, which is pretty sick. I've, I've always been a huge space nerd. And so it was pretty awesome to see that. How do you anticipate, do you, do you think there's any way that that's going to impact the stock market? Anything to look out for maybe? I mean, that one, I, I would have to shy away from that one a little bit just because I haven't done my due diligence on it as much as I could have. My guess would be, if anything, just knowing what I know is that space exploration stocks could see kind of a bump. Just having something like that be made possible, just having like the success of it, I think as a whole for the industry, for any space exploration stock, it's a positive sign, right? Like we've made an advancement. We've done something really cool. We've shown something new can be done. I think it's a bump for, for anyone in that space because it, it just opens the door for more advancement and more progress. So I, I think, think anyone makes, in that space is going to get a bump. I think that makes sense. That's that's kind of along the lines that I would be thinking because I, I know that like sometimes we talk a lot about those those space exploration or not exploration, but just space related companies. Exactly. Like competitors to SpaceX and stuff right. like that. So I got to imagine if anything, there's just some more awareness around it. Exactly. I think... That's uh that's a majority of what we had to talk about today. I had a lot of fun. Honestly, I'm excited. Episode 2 in the books and I'm feeling better and better about it. Really excited to see where this show goes. Same here. Even yeah. like even just conversing, I feel a little bit less like other than when we talked about options, I was totally lost there, but I'm feeling like I'm 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 getting a little better at this this whole stocks, stonks thing. Stonks. Yeah. <laughs> I just like saying stocks. Uh, I don't even know what it. I just know it's a meme. It um, is a meme. Yeah. <laughs> So real quick, we are also putting this out as a podcast. So for those of you guys who have less eye time and have more ear time, you want to listen to us while you're driving, doing the laundry, uh, shoveling the snow, <laughs> as you might be. Yeah. Um, we are on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're, we are there. Uh, if we're not on your platform, shoot us a message and we'll make sure we get on it. But what we need from you guys. We want to grow this show. We want to make our audience bigger. We want to build this community so we can grow together, as I keep saying. So what's really helpful for us are leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts. So we're going to leave a link in the description to our Apple Podcasts, uh, and we would just love it if you guys left a quick review. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but it really helps in terms of whether we show up on Google searches, things like that. Um, so actually, we did plug this on a previous show, and we, we said our favorite one, um, we would give away some merch to. And it appears that there's only one on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> but hey, one is better than none. So I uh, want to give a quick shout out and just pull up this review. 
from Pile Style. Pile Style. That's a good name. I dig that. I like the rhyming. Yeah. Already up. First listen to the show, and I'm already up. Up in knowledge, that is. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's the most important in the long run. Knowledge. Love it. Pile Style. Shoot us an email. You can email me, rohan at benzinga.com. Uh, and we'll make sure you get hooked up with some merch, man. Appreciate the review. And maybe we'll do the same thing for next week. Why not, right? I'm going to make him like a custom cutoff t-shirt that just says knowledge. Knowledge. Or like up. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but yeah, guys, if you do leave a review, again, email me, rohan at benzinga.com with a screenshot of your review. Uh, would greatly, greatly appreciate it. It's going to help us out a lot. And last little plug here, again, join our Discord. You can ask questions there. You can ask questions in the comments. You can ask questions on Twitter and leave suggestions for people you want to see on the show. You know, we're really going to try and get some great guests on here for you guys. And we want to give you the best opportunity to learn about this whole stonks thing. Yes, sir. All right. Second first trade show. Done. So this is second episode. First trade. First trade was last week. But this is the second episode. Hey, if you guys let, had some first trades, uh, also let us know. What were your first trades? If this show made you pull the trick, I would love to know. Love to see it. First trade. Nice. All right. Peace, guys. Peace, guys. That was a solid one. And we will see you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.